and welcome to another edition of the Standig Room Only Podcast. Yes, this is Ben Standig, and I cover the Washington football team for The Athletic. Joining me here from training camp today is going to be none other than fellow beat writer and Washington Times star Matthew Paris. Matt, say hi to the people. Hello, hello. Pleasure as always. All right, so we're going to talk. We are sitting here. Everybody else is left. We are the hardest workers on the beat. We are the only two left uh, here for uh, Sunday training camp practice. We, we may be the slowest riders. Who knows? But either way, we're, we're still here, and we're going to talk for a couple minutes. In addition to talking to Matt about practice, um, I caught up with um, David Robinson, noted wide receiver uh, skills coach. He's, he coaches Cam Sims and Steven Sims, so I got his view of what's going, what, what he worked on with them. In addition to that, because why not? Ah, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna save a Wizards thing. We'll hold that for later. There's a shelf life there. So we'll just talk about football. Uh, you can of course follow this podcast on iTunes or Spotify. You can uh, find me on Twitter at Ben Standig. Matt is at Matthew underscore Paris. And of course, go read me on the Athletic. I'll have a recap of today's work today. I think it's like nearing like two thousand words. I'm nuts. All right. But we won't go that long here, Matt. A uh, lot to get to. I guess sort of the headliner is essentially that Curtis Samuel back off of the pup list. Now, he didn't do the full-blown practice, but he was out there. He was doing some individual drills, catching some passes with the other receivers from the quarterbacks and the individual drills. Finally, we appear to be on the verge of seeing what this guy can do. And for all the other players who've been out, and no disrespect to anybody else, I, I, this is the guy I've been waiting to see because how he goes, how they choose to use him will really dictate so much of who else we see out there at receiver. Yeah, you know, he went very much at half speed today. I think that was to be pretty expected, but it is interesting to see whether how much Scott Turner will lean into what he did in the past or what, you know, Joe Brady did in Carolina last year. Obviously, Samuel lined up a lot more in the slot. Does that shift a role? Does that shift Adam Humphrey's role uh, depending? Maybe not because it seems like him and Ryan Fitzpatrick have such a good chemistry already but yeah i'm like you i'm really excited to see how they use them and kind of where yeah i mean we've talked before about the the, the different usage be from 2019 where they mostly played them outside to last year it was mostly in the slot you can look at it in a few different ways in 2019 you know it was a lot of kyle allen because cam newton was hurt and kyle allen was at that point a very inexperienced guy and trying to figure it out and probably doesn't help didn't help the receivers on that team uh, and, and last year with a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, a more experienced quarterback, obviously Carolina decided he wasn't enough for them, but a, a, an experienced guy, and they did choose to use him in different ways, and that's going to be interesting for sure as we determine like who's going to be the third receiver. Um, I don't know about you, and I'll, I guess I'll step on my story a little bit. Like I basically wrote, in terms of Curtis Samuel, that it was a, sort of a symbolic day because he, on the same day that Curtis Samuel is coming back, Kelvin Harmon was among three players that were released. And in 2019, the, the, the receiving, the starters for Washington at receiver were Terry McLaurin and Kelvin Harmon. And it wasn't like they were starting Kelvin Harmon by a mistake. They weren't too many other places to turn. And he was yeah. fine as a rookie, but they weren't, it wasn't like, wow, this guy has such amazing upside. It was like, well, we need somebody. And he could block a little bit and could do some good things. And of course, last year he suffers the ACL and he's faced long odds to make this team all along for a variety of reasons. He's not part of the punt return team. And there are five, probably five receivers who are pretty borderline, if not locks, to make this team. And there's other guys. So he really, his odds were, 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 were tough to make it. But more specifically, I thought he looked good in camp. But the symbolic part is a guy who two years ago was a starter and by reasonable, it wasn't like, wow, that's a crazy call to, 
he didn't even really have much of a chance to make the team, and I think that says a lot about how they've revamped this room in pretty short order. Yeah, and you know he didn't get that year under Rivera's belt. Like, look at a guy like Steven Sims, who had kind of an equally as big role in 2019, and then he struggled in 2020. But at least he was able to stick with Rivera, kind of be around, show that progress of growth where Kelvin Harmon, because of the injury, was kind of starting from scratch almost in front of a new coach. So he was buried there. They did release him now, hopefully to get him an opportunity elsewhere. But uh, yeah, you know, he he just, he was clearly behind the eight ball. I think he played 13 snaps on Thursday and that was with the third string. So, you know, he was clearly limited, clearly on the way out anyway. And by doing so now, I think just gives him an opportunity to look, look for somewhere else, something sooner. Yeah, I think that's key. Same thing with sort of Lamar Miller, who's one of the other three guys to get cut. I, I think if this was a team that lacked depth, I think both of those guys are still sticking around. But I think it was a nice chance to give them both two guys who I think were fine in camp to give them a shot before this exodus is coming. They have to get down to um, 85 players by Tuesday, I think, Tuesday. And then the following week is down to 80. And then the week after that by the 31st is the big enchilada down to 53. So um, adios to Kelvin Harmon. I assume he's going to get picked up with somewhere else. And hopefully he can he can stick. Um, but again, I think it, it shows the depth of this room. And, and we'll talk more about these receivers uh, with, with Dave Robinson in a few minutes. Um, some other things here at camp. Uh, wow, the, the defense, either the defense dominated or the quarterbacks are terrible. It depends on how you want to go half glass, uh, you know, half full, half empty. I'll, I'll, I'll give kudos to the defense. I mean, it felt like every defensive back was, this, today was an Oprah meme. You get an interception, you get an interception. But also, you get a pass deflection. You get a pass deflection. Uh, your guy, Torrey McTire, had one of each. Jimmy Moreland had a pick. Troy Apke had a pick. Danny Johnson. Jamin Davis had a really nice play where he, he extended his arms to, to, to pick off a pass for Logan Thomas from Fitzpatrick. Um, Taylor Heineke had four of those interceptions. Did, uh, Rivera said, look, the defense is going to get favored in some of these drills because they know what's coming, more or less. Maybe not the exact play, but they know it's a pass. Yeah. There's no real play action here. That said, you take it more of a defense dominated or they're all quarterbacks who are having a rough day yeah you know I, I think more of a defensive day just because we're coming off that Patriots game and I thought the quarterbacks looked fine I thought it was incredible that of the, the quarterbacks threw six interceptions today and Steven Montez wasn't one of them <laughs> you know after yeah. that rough stretch last week but you know there's not really much to be concerned with here I mean it, it happens the Ryan Fitzpatrick one in the end zone was just a really nice play by Jamin Davis uh, I compared it to using user lurk in Madden I kind of read that he was going to Logan Thompson and just kind of popped up out of nowhere the others you know Taylor Heineke he's had problems with turnovers in camp that's not just a today thing so I think if you were to worry about something it would maybe be Heineke but you know, we, I think we're finding out that practice isn't necessarily Taylor Heineke's element either because he looked a lot better in the preseason game than he has out here uh, all throughout camp. I, I, and, you know, one thing I wrote was, look, you can, we can't always know for sure why an interception occurred. Did the receiver run the route short or did, did, were they just off, misroute? But you can look at some choices. And one play that Heineke threw in particular to me was, whew, he, he it was one play where he sort of running away from us, running to his right, he immediately, he then after looking around the field decides to throw all the way across yeah. the field to the other sideline. I think it was for Steven Sims and uh, McTire, McTire jumped yeah. jumped in there to get the play. And that was a play that you know 
that, 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 that thing's getting picked off by almost anybody. And I know that there's something to be said for trying different things in practice, mm -hmm. but th there's also some decisions you shouldn't be trying ever. He doesn't have the arm strength to make that kind of throw, and that yeah. was a, that was an overly aggressive uh, choice from him. Again, like you said, it's not something to be overly concerned with. They just played a game the other day, and he looked fine. That's more important, I would say, than, than these things. But at the same point, um, you know, again, just to to harp on something that shouldn't be harped on, there's a reason why Fitzpatrick is the starter and Heineke is the backup. Um, Kyle Allen was back out there today, which is the first time he's been out here since Richmond. Um, so that was a good step. We'll see if he can do enough over these next couple weeks to actually make it a competition for two, which it looked like it was heading in that direction back in Richmond. Um, we'll see about that. Um, the other, I guess, sort of just quick highlight of the day was a, it was a Samus Reyes day at the podium. Uh, first time, I guess, we've had him since, right, since all this, since camp? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And obviously, we all get it. He's an incredibly interesting story. But the question has been all along, well, is it just a story or is this a real thing? And I would say at this point, you know, he we saw the highlight of him, you know, pile drive, or not pile drive, moving the pile with a blocker. Um, you know, the other day, he's clearly got athleticism. He's got strength. He's got a mentality of toughness that... You, you know, we 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 are both basketball guys. You don't always see that with every basketball player. I mean, he he joked today that he was a guy that would foul out all the time in games because he had that sort of mindset. Um, he's caught a couple passes. He's still a bit rough on the edges when it comes to catching the ball and securing it and things like that. But at, from like a raw trades level, considering again, this was his first game he played the other day, not just first NFL game, first game, period. Yeah. It, you know, he he did he did a quite a good job, um, and and I think. And, and also, today was a reminder, as we spoke to him, he is a guy who is really appreciating this part of his life. He is not taking it for granted. He got emotional talking about, the, you know, being a, a kid from Chile and how, you know, this is not a normal path for somebody from his background and what it means to him. And, I, I you know, I think at this point, he's put himself in position, just like Jared Patterson, maybe for different reasons, to actually not just be a fun camp story, but to actually make the team. Yeah, you know, he, what's really impressed me is that physicality that we didn't necessarily expect. Like, you see the size, he's 6'7", you just kind of lump him in with every other college basketball turned tight end. Those guys are normally receivers, but the blocking does really stand out, and he, he's really physical. Very used to the bull in the china shop analogy today, saying that he kind of needs to learn how to control that energy. But... He, he's used to playing basketball, and he's finding now that the aggression is kind of the benefit, and he has been using it. Like, I'm surprised that he's been able to be as physical as he has, and while I don't necessarily think it's just a feel-good story, is because behind Logan Thomas, there's definitely room here for for guys to get playing time. Um, you know, they drafted John Bates, Tamaric Hemingway is now in concussion protocol. Can Reyes take advantage of the reps if Hemingway has to miss a lot of time here? You know, I, I've had a hard time putting him on the 53-man roster, but, you know, he's under a three-year deal. They gave him a good amount of money, especially for a guy of his caliber, undrafted. And, and so, you know, I think they would like to keep him around. Uh, I just It's just a matter of a numbers game at this point. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, to some degree, it's a little bit the same with Jared Patterson. The difference is there's no Peyton Barber as the third tight end. It's a little more wide open. Hemingway was, I guess, the closest thing to that. And we'll see how long he's out. He also struggled um, in, in the game against New England uh, in, in, in multiple ways. So we'll see about that. Um, anything else you would like to tell the people about from that big brain of yours as we wrap up um, this, uh, th th this conversation? No, just... 
Uh, let's hit on Willie, uh, Will Jackson real quick, just because I thought it was interesting that he said... Uh, he also spoke today. Yeah, he podium. also spoke, and, you know, uh, it's kind of watching him. Is You know, we've seen him beat by Terry McLaurin. How much do you read into that? I thought it was interesting that he said he wanted to go somewhere else and challenge and expand his kind of his skill set and, and do things that he hadn't done before. He said that he had offers, not necessarily just Cincinnati, but he had offers to, to play in similar schemes, to be more of a man quarter. But now he, he's doing zone here, and we'll see how it goes. I, I just thought with the secondary having such a good day that maybe we should shout him out as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly what his other offers were. I would imagine they were for less money. Um, sure, and absolutely. ultimately that's yes. going to be a factor. But, yeah, I mean, look, I do think as we watch William Jackson, there is a certain comparison to Josh Norman, another player who went from one scheme in Carolina to another one here, and it didn't work out as much as anybody had hoped, especially over the last couple of years of Norman's deal. So I'm not saying that will happen with Jackson. I'm just saying yeah. that is a transition to make, and for some guys it works, some guys it doesn't. Um, and, you know, again, to the point of who's winning these practices, the receivers are going to have the edge most of the time, um, just just by nature of NFL rules and things like that, and McLaurin's gotten the better of him. But, yes, at the same time, um, you know, I, I think he looks to be a pretty good player, and now we'll just have to see how he uh, quickly transitions. Yeah, on the flip side of that, too, you have Ronald Darby, who was coming from a man system in, in Philadelphia and, you know, played more zone, and he did fine last year. He was targeted a lot, but I think that just spoke to how good Kendall Fuller was last year, and so there was really nowhere else to go but Darby. But, um, yeah, you know, Darby learned it, and, and obviously they signed Fitzpatrick because – or Fitzpatrick – um, Jackson to because Darby left, and so uh, you know we'll see how he does. All right, well uh, Matt, you, you we don't have to see how you do. You did a great job on the podcast. Go read Matt uh, his work at the Washington Times, but we're not done here yet. So when we get into this conversation with David Robinson, wide receiver skills coach, talking about Cam Sims and Stephen Sims here on the Standard Room Only podcast. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, joining the podcast as promised, he is the wide receivers coach that everybody wants to get to work with, Antonio Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, and of course, two guys on the Washington football team, Cam Sims and Steven Sims. He is David Robinson, of course, he's got the fun Twitter handle, at DRob, always open, always with a Z, DRob, how are you, man? I'm doing good, man, I'm doing good, how about yourself? You know, I'm just just plugging away. It's uh, I think today is day nine of training camp. There's an evening practice later. We're talking on a Friday afternoon, so uh, it's a little weird for me to not be at training camp right now. But I'll be back later, so it's all good. No complaints. Um, I see you are always uh, your social media. You are out teaching the next generation of receivers the craft. So before we get to uh, uh to to talk about kind of these guys, what's what's new in the receiving game? Is there anything kind of uh, new and different this year that you kind of whether it's the the pros or the kids and any kind of and i don't know any, anything any new trend or anything out there that uh you know you kind of see and you're on the the, the forefront of well uh, i see a lot of uh you know a lot of my receivers that are in college 
in summer, even in high school, that are um, big-time guys, big names that are starting to, you know, um, hire different marketing companies for their image and likeness and things of that nature. So I can see the landscape, younger generation, changing as far as the line of the distance and uh, guys with the name get themselves out there. So that's been, you know, very interesting in a while. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. The, 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 uh, the image and licensing situation is very interesting. And yeah, that, that'd be at, you're, you're, you're surely seeing a lot of that on the ground level from, from where you are. Um, I don't know if, uh, we're, we're talking about, uh, promotional deals for, for Cam Sims and Steven Sims, but they're on an NFL roster, or at least they're at least trying to be again. Um, it's fascinating that you've had both of these guys. There's obviously the connection with the last name and they both have had, while similar journeys, they're almost to some degree kind of flipping. Uh, they've kind of flipped a little bit with how things have gone for them, and I and I want to talk about both of them and and how you kind of helped them this offseason. Just to start with Cam Sims, you know, here's a guy who you know what this he's going to his fourth year, right? I think he he came into the league undrafted free agent out of Alabama. He immediately shows up, starts making a lot of highlight plays, and you're like, how on earth did this guy go undrafted? Makes the team, unfortunately, gets hurt. Um, you know, right as the season started. And then next year, kind of a little bit of a washout. Last year, doesn't make the team straight out of camp, but goes on the practice squad, comes back up later for special teams. And then by the end of the year, he's essentially the, the, the starting receiver opposite Terry McLaurin, had a big game in the playoffs against Tampa Bay. And I'm just wondering, curious about your process and also kind of what you were doing with him. What did you make of his season? And then from that, how did you determine what you guys wanted to work on this offseason? Well, when I saw him last season, um, you know, when it, once he once he got cut and they brought him back, the main thing that we really worked on a lot was catching a lot of balls through traffic, a lot of balls when guys tugging on his arm, uh, just keeping him focused and catching the ball through contact. Uh, because his routes and things of that nature are smooth. But when you're a big body receiver, like six five, six four, you're going to have a lot of defensive backs um, tugging on you in your chest because you're a big target to grab off the line of scrimmage. So we worked a lot on that in the offseason of him working on those 50-50 jump, jump balls, contested balls, balls where he's going across um, the middle and I'm grabbing on him, tugging on him, hitting him with a bag. So uh, I think a lot of that transitioned well to the football field this year. As you can see when they played the Steelers, um, a defensive back was tugging on his arm and he snagged it with one hand on Monday Night Football, I believe, uh, which was a big, big crucial moment in the game for him, which earned the coaches' trust to, uh, towards, more, towards him. And it was, and then you saw more targets throughout the remainder of the season, and which is carrying over to a great uh, training camp, from what I'm hearing so far this year. Um, when 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 a guy has that kind of size, we immediately want to say he's a red zone target, and I think that's probably a fair assessment. And if you look at the receivers that we kind of feel are going to be on the team, he may he's he's easily the tallest of the top four or five guys at, at six five. Do you do anything specific with the red zone? in mind or is it just part of the overall uh package that you kind of guys deal with yeah no um i'll, I'll do like a uh, a bull in the ring drill where i make a circle um full of receivers and then i'll put cam in the center of it and i'll have two dbs on them um because like in the red zone you're going to be a lot of uh man man coverage um some guys that are really good in the red zone they'll try to match two defenders up on you where they bracket coverage you so we did a lot of those drills where I had two guys covering him, one underneath, one on the top, and he has to work himself and find his way to get open and just work on his move um, while two defenders are on him. 
uh, in the goal line. So we worked a lot of that. You'll have to see the drills, to, you know, to kind of grasp it and get get a visualization of it. But that's what I did a lot with them. Put two defenders on them and forced them to get himself open and throw the ball to them while they're both tugging on them, making a catch, making a play. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I hear you. That's interesting. Um, you mentioned before learning this, or, or, or not learning, but, you know, you know, improving on playing through contact. I guess if I've heard any sort of one critique for, for Cam over the time has just sort of been the level of consistency from, you know, sort of playing, play out, game in, game out. I thought he was pretty consistent over the course of the second half of last year, but that's like the one thing. Is there anything sort of to on, on that end, or is that just by repetition, repetition, repetition? Is that the goal to some degree, how you got to get past that issue if that's an issue? Yeah, no, like you said, um, just constant reps. Staying on the jug machine um, consistently after practice, catching 100 footballs a day, things that I preached to him about. Um, I spoke with him on the phone the other day, um, just making sure that he's doing the little things after practice, um, getting his extra catches because uh, they're expecting a bigger role out of him, and he has to do money with his hands when they come his way because they're starting to trust him more. So you see this year they, they, they tended him. They gave him $2 million, you know, up this, up this salary. So it's time for him to start, you know, uh, showing them the reason why they paid him this money and get paid more money. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> get, getting paid more money is a, uh, is a good thing. And I'm just curious. So how, how many, how many years have you worked with him now? So I've been working with Cam since high school, man. He's been, he's been working out with me since he was bad. He's from Louisiana. Uh, uh, Bastrop. I think he went to Bastrop high school. So he's been working out with me for a while, man, since he was in high school today. So tell me what like you've noticed a difference in him or some growth in him, not just as a receiver, but like as as a person. I know he's got a little a little kid, and you know that's obviously got to make some kind of a change. And he's gone from being a, a, a high school to big time college to the NFL. But how have you kind of noticed him him change and and, and uh, over the time? Well, I've, I've, I've noticed his um, his work ethic uh, pick up dramatically um, from high school to, to now. Because when he came out of high school, he was a five star four-star recruit, heavily recruited, like you said, went to Alabama, uh, had over 56 scholarship offers, and when he got to Alabama, you know, uh, hit a roadblock, was there around multiple talented first-round, second-round receivers, um, so really didn't see the field until late, but once he started seeing the field more, um, got his confidence back, I started to notice a work ethic in him every offseason. He was contacting more more so than ever, you know, working on his craft. When are we going to get in the lab? What do I need to work on? Can you send me film from Israel we did today? You know, so you can just tell he was becoming more of a student of it the older he got, uh, especially now. I can see uh, the fluidness in his routes and his hips on how well he's thinking and how well he brings his arms with him at the top of his route. I mean, you can tell he's been working on it for quite some time, but he wasn't like that when I first got with him. Um, he, had to, he had to develop that work ethic over time the more serious he got, the older he got. Got it. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's, you know, obviously just because of the pandemic, we weren't around the guys last year. Um, so we so were only talking to them over Zoom, and that's a whole different deal. But I always enjoyed, you know, talking to Cam, you know, face to face. He has a lot. He's a he's a, a nice guy, a, kind of a, li- a lightness about him in a, you know, in, a, in a positive way. Seems to be always kind of upbeat. And, uh, you know, I always kind of need that. I, I need more of that in my uh, <laughs> in my life. Um, w- w- one guy who. People are talking about more of this camp as Steven Sims. Now, obviously, we talked a bunch about him the last couple of years. Like Cam Sims, he makes this team as an undrafted free agent. Unlike Cam Sims, he actually was on the field a lot as a rookie, um, primarily on kick returns. But the last three games of that rookie season, he had four touchdowns. 
and he was the starting slot receiver going into last year. But kind of to some degree, the wheels came off. He had some toe issues, and he, he had some issues with punt returns of holding onto the ball, and it just never really seemed to click with him and, and, and so on. And I'm, I'm curious sort of to that, what what did you make of his year a year ago, and what, what conversations did you and he have about what he needed to work on to sort of maybe get back on track this year? Well, you know, this year they kind of – I was I was talking to him throughout the season. Um, I went to a few of his games. I went to the Cowboys games, and I was just constantly staying in his ear on staying positive because they had, you know, different personnel packaging. You had a new head coach coming in, and he really didn't feel that the new staff or Ron Rivera, you know, really, you know, liked his skill set or liked the way his game. And I just told Steve, you know, just stick to the course, um, Keep your confidence and stick to the script uh, because this is pandemic year. Coach just got there. He sick, came back. So they really don't know who you are like that. They're still trying to figure you out. Uh, so I believe once they have one full training, one full offseason training camp uh, year of just seeing you move and your work ethic and how you are as a route runner um, and how electrifying you are, then you'll start to win the coaches over. And I just mainly my conversations with him was just keeping his confidence up because he kind of got down on himself last year because they were decreasing his reps, wasn't putting him in as much. And when they did put him in, they, they, they're taking away his targets, you know. So he's feeling that um, that it wasn't going to work out there. But, you know, we had a long offseason this year, um, got his confidence back up, got his hunger back. And so now I believe that he's, you know, he's on a mission um, to prove that he belongs in Washington and to prove Brown Rivera and the new staff um, that they should keep him. That's why you see a different season ceiling right now. Right, and I'm just looking at the uh, the quotes from Rivera. I asked him, I asked him a couple of days ago what he thought, or I, th- I think I asked him. Somebody did uh, <laughs> about about Stephen, and he mentioned you know the new coaching staff last year. Something you know, obviously everything was off last year because of the pandemic. But he said for this time, you know what what they're seeing is quote when you watch a guy like Stephen per- perform the way he is and and he has lately, you do see the jump. So that's a huge step, and it's part of our judging and watching grading uh, as these guys. Uh, go through a training camp. He also said that like, you know, as a slot receiver, you're seeing the explosive plays that you want out of that position. So in terms of, in terms of the, the receiver aspect of it, what were maybe uh, some drills that you worked on with him to get him uh, kind of back on track? We did a lot of uh, short area quickness, footwork drills, um, did a lot of 45 degree uh, angle cut drills. Uh, we did a lot of, uh, uh, choice route drills, change of direction drills for him because, you know, with him in that slot, he's going to be matched up a lot against nickels, dimebacks, things of that nature. So we worked a lot of those type of drills on him. And we also worked a lot of uh, releases, his second-level releases, uh, getting over versus the press um, when he came to see me as well. Um, I don't know. You know, obviously in the role that you have, you're, you're both, you know, a, a teacher, a, a, but you're also a confident, I, I imagine, on some level. And you talked about – that he got down on himself a little bit. Do you sort of have to, beyond teaching him, you know, going over certain techniques and trying to improve certain things, do you have, do you, do you play the role of counselor, of motivator, especially in an off season when they go out and get a Curtis Samuel, they sign Adam Humphreys, they draft Deami Brown. Do, do you sort of have to, do you look to, to, to get, to prop him up, to pep, pep him up a little bit um, as well? Yeah, and I think that's a lot of behind-the-scenes work that, you know, a lot of people don't know um, on why a lot of these receivers um, feel confident training with you, you know, work with because 
of the relationship we have off the field. Um, they can talk to me about anything when it comes to their, their kids, uh, relationship problems, coaching staff, on how to handle uh, the media, certain things to say, and all of that stuff, man. So, like you said, it's more of a um, off-the-field confidant relationship that we have with a lot of my receivers. We have Emmanuel, Dez, A.B. So, um, so Steve definitely benefits from that, just, you know, reaching out, just talking to me and, and you know, just checking in and just seeing where his mental is. Now, it, if I, I, this is a really deep receiver group. There's 12 wide receivers on the team, and I think you can make a case for 11 of them on some capacity. But one potential difference maker is in the punt return game. He was the punt returner last year. It wasn't necessarily the best showing, but he's but he's out there again. Um, do you guys work on that as well at all? I mean, in the preparation for the season? Yeah, we, well, we work a lot of uh, making people miss. So he'll have a ball in his hand, and I might throw a, a ball up in the air where he's catching a punt, another two balls. Um, he has one in his hand, has to catch the other, and then when he catches the other ball, I might have another guy chasing him um, to make a miss after he catches it. So we work a little bit on that, uh, but mainly on his route running. I'll just do stuff like that closer towards camp just to make sure that he's sharp for it, you know, punt returns and things of that nature. But 70% of it when he's with me is, and just play route running, um, technique stuff, and his press release. Okay. Did did you when you when you worked with both of these guys were they were they ever together or were you or were they always kind of like a separate uh, training session? No, they're together. They're together. Yeah, they're together a lot. They've been together the past two or three years working with me in the same group. So I guess so, I, I'm always fascinated by this topic of. Look, at the end of the day, no matter who we are in life, we're, you know, we're all trying to get by and do the best we can with whatever we're doing, and hopefully you don't screw anybody over in the process. Um, and they're training for this goal of being in the NFL. They've already won. They've already made the NFL, but they want to keep keep going, obviously, and they're in Washington. And the way it plays out, like, you know, it is conceivable that they could be in line to be the last guy to some degree that going against each other. Is that, I don't know, is that ever, maybe it isn't obvious to them, but is that ever sort of, you know, does that ever kind of come up? Do you see because they're together, maybe they're even sort of, hey, this guy's doing all this. I got to keep going that they're kind of pushing each other, even if they don't recognize it. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I just got I just got done talking to um, uh, my wife about this. I, I have a situation right now where I have two receivers on the same team and I train both of them. They both work out together. And uh, one of them may be in, in jeopardy of losing his job to the other one. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't want to say any names or anything like that, but I, I go through situations like that all the time where guys are on different teams, or on the same team, but they work. They both work out with me in the off season, um, and they both were trying to battle for a roster spot, and one and one of and both of them are competing against each other. Yeah, no, that's got to be that's got to be wild. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's I mean, it's it's a um, it's a sticky relationship, but you know they like they like you say they're for each other. Um, they pat each other on the back, but when it comes time to them getting their reps or when it's their time to, you know, get out there and perform one-on-ones, team seven-on-seven, um, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta do your job. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, well, D-Rob, look, I appreciate mm-hmm. it. I know you're, 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 uh, you're on the road. You were kind enough to give me some time and I appreciate your children there, um, being patient with us as well. Um, but I've mentioned the Twitter handle before anything else that you want to mention about things you got going on or if people want to, you know, with aspiring players that they want to get a hold of you? 
Uh, no, man. If you just wanna, if you wanna contact me, uh, my, my website drobalwaysopen.com. Um, my Twitter is drobalwaysopen. Um, shoot, and and if you wanna be a if you're up and coming wide out, getting ready for the draft or a high school receiver, and wanna be always open, contact. In my head, <laughs> I still think I could. Uh, I always thought I had good hands. I and I, I could. I was a decent route runner. I had no speed, but I, I should I should have gotten a hold of you years ago. Who knows what could have happened? <laughs> who knows? Maybe I, yeah. Who knows? Um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think I think we know. Um, D. D- Rob, right. man, I I really appreciate it. Uh, best of luck with everything you got going on, and hopefully we can talk later on and, and about hopefully these guys are around and we'll have more to talk about. Man, I appreciate it. All right, many thanks to Matt Paris and David Robinson for their time, and of course thanks to everyone here for checking out the podcast and my work on the Athletic. Uh, go read my recap today. Talk a lot more. Uh, talk about things we just t- discussed and a bunch more as well, um, for sure. But that's it for now. Ben Standick signing off. And until next time, see you.